The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The Mia 2 is a personal car, uh, which is a, a three-seater or four-seater, uh, which is going to be great for the family. But if you take the back seat out, the car is a perfect fit as a commercial vehicle for the last mile delivery or for craftsmen. And it means with one car, we are going to address two markets. Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast and stay curious with Patricia Falco-Becali. Welcome back to another edition of COVID-19 from Crisis to Creation here on Mentory TV. I am Patricia Falco-Becali, your host. And first of all, let me thank you that you are so supportive. You're liking, you're sharing all your comments and suggestions for Mentory TV. And if you do like our conversations here with our awesome guests, why don't you subscribe for free, hit the bell button, and I will always keep you informed. So for today, I thought, why not look at a sector that seems to be increasingly hot, and that is the e EV sector, electric vehicles. What is happening in that space? Well, I dug up a little bit of an overview for you. So, for example, in 2020, the EV sector, globally speaking, increased to 4.2% of market share. What does that mean? Let's break it down. Globally, it's up about 43%, 43% in 2020 compared to the year before. In Europe, even 137% up if you compare it to the year before, to 2019. These are the latest data coming through from S&P Global. So there seems to be quite a bit of money going in from the punters, from the producers, as well as from the governments. But apart from the opportunities, what are the challenges and what is the outlook? Many questions when it comes to electric vehicles. So I thought, why not invite Philippe Perret to the show? He is the CEO of Fox E-Mobility, and they build electric vehicles real pure place. And he's going to tell us all about the sector and what we may or may not expect. Philippe, so good to have you here on the show on Mentory TV. Uh, thank you, Patricia, for the introduction. Thanks for having me. Looking at the data during my research, Philippe, for our uh, conversation, I was quite amazed about the traction that particular sector really gets, not only from the customers, but also from the producers. You as a producer, lay the land for us. What is the big picture? Yeah, so le let me give you some um, uh, small introduction on Fox first. So we are a German company based uh, in Munich, and uh, we are a pure player, European pure player in electromobility. And um, our positioning 
Patricia is to focus on the development, uh, production and marketing of a small, affordable, practical uh, electric car, which is going to perfectly fit any transportation needs uh, inside the city. And uh, Fox, I would say, is the first and only European listed company, um, uh, which is a big competitive advantage. Well, about the competition and where Fox really feeds the big picture, um, let's look at the overall picture, first of all. I mean, globally, more and more market share is being gained by electric vehicles. And just this morning, and today is the 3rd of March 2021, I have to label it, Volvo came out that they also want to increase, not increase, actually change the entire fleet to pure electric vehicles by 2030. That's in nine years' time. So a lot is happening. I'm going to share a, a screenshot with our viewers and with you as well. Let me just see here which is basically from your presentation and it okay. explains very nicely the traction, the, the momentum. But can you talk us a little bit through it and what you see that picture really tells us? Yeah, sure. So, so first of all, the, the EV market is just booming and it's booming, booming mainly so worldwide, but um, also in Europe because the market share, so um, uh, 10% of all new cars are electric in 2020 in Europe. And we expect that uh, this market share will be 30% by 2025, which means that the, our market, EV market in Europe, will triple uh, within five, the next five years. Where does this fascination come from? So it's, um, uh, first of all, so we, um, um, uh, um, let's say we have, first of all, we get some help from the government. I think that the, the global frame is improving uh, because we, you get subsidies uh, from the government in order to buy an electric car. And of course, it's helping people to change their habits to come from a traditional car to an electric car. But that's not the only reason. I think the zeitgeist, the people are thinking uh, greener and greener, so they want to have an affordable car, uh, so they are not afraid anymore to go to the station in order to recharge the battery. Uh, and uh, now with the electrical car, you can get a much better range than 10 years ago. So, And when people are asked, so why don't you buy an electric car? So they give you three reasons. So the first one is that they are afraid that it's, it's going to be too expensive. Mm -hmm. Then the second reason, they say, so I'm afraid the range won't be enough for my use. And the third reason they are afraid uh, not to be able to recharge the battery. Mm -hmm. And um, I, um, with uh, the, the product, so we are going to, 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 to offer to the clients in 23, uh, the MIA 2.0, we are answering these three concerns. Let me quickly interrupt the conversation to say thank you that you are here with me on the channel. If you do enjoy what I'm putting out, the in-depth kind of conversations, then why don't you subscribe and also hit the bell button so I can keep you informed with our newest releases. Thanks for that in advance and let's get back to the conversation. I think this is so important and we're going to talk about Mia 1 and Mia 2 in a Got minute. It. And these concerns you were, before you mentioned these concerns, why people would be critical about the EV sector, you said, you know, the zeitgeist. And that really brings me to uh, 
you know, your company in general, because you've been around for quite a while and you had an EV out there called Mia One 10 years ago already. But yeah. the Zeitgeist wasn't ready. Um, tell us a little bit more. What happened back then? Yeah, so we had um, we had the first version of the Mia. The Mia is born in France uh, 10 years ago. Um, um, so the, the car was just great. So it, um, um, it it was a great concept, but it didn't work. So um, because um, the entrepreneurial approach was wrong, the production was uneconomical. The framework conditions were simply not right. For instance, so there were uh, no enough infrastructure in France 10 years ago. There was no subvention. Uh, charging network was really poor. And uh, so the car was just 10 years ahead of its time. And of course, these conditions change uh, today. And that's the reason why with the MIA 2.0, we really think we now have the right product on the right timing. Yeah, so it's really, really important that apart from having a good product, the entire ecosystem just needs to work, be it from a government side, be it from the punter side, that they're actually open to it. And that brings us, as you were just saying, Mia 2. Um, and Mia 2 is building on the successes, technologically speaking, of Mia yeah. 1, but also has learned from the, the, let's put it this way, the failures that Mia, basically Mia 1, died at the end. Tell us, what is Mia 2 now bringing to the market? What you think is better than even the competitors out there? So, first of all, we are going to build on the foundations of the Mia 1, and um, we have a competitive advantage not starting from zero. And that's the reason why Fox Mobility is not a startup. Because usually, Patricia, you need four years and 300 or 400 million euros to develop and build a full e-platform for a new car. But 10 years ago, uh, in France, 150 million euros were already invested for the former development of this uh, MIA 1.0. And today, we only need two years to bring the car back to the street, which means that we need half of the time and half of the investment. And that's a great competitive advantage in front of our competitors. Affordability. You said that earlier on as well, Philippe. Uh, I looked at the prices um, of the e-cars out there and I thought they were quite steep. And please correct me if I'm wrong. So affordability, smart EQ, 4.2 EV, anywhere between 23 and 28,000 with a range of 113 kilometers. Doesn't sound too much for to me. Skoda Citigo e between 23, uh, around 23,000 euros, uh, the Seat MII electric 25,000 and the Mini between 32 and 40,000 euros to get an electric vehicle with a range of about 150 kilometers. How affordable is Mia 2.0? So uh, we are offering the car for a price of 16,000 euros including VAT, uh, which means that we are going to uh, beat any price and being the first with this pricing in the A segment because we are competing, and it's important to tell, in the A segment, which means uh, so the small cars. So the, the Mia is uh, 3.19 meter long. So we are talking about the segment, the entry segment of small and mini cars. And in this segment, with a price of 16,000 euros, including VAT, and before any subsidies from the government, uh, we are going to uh, present a very, very affordable car. 
And that is before the subsidies and the subsidies. Before subsidies, correct. Because I looked into the subsidy structure of Germany. They subsidize between six and nine thousand euros per electric vehicle, depending always on, um, I don't know the specification. But if you had somebody getting these kind of subsidies, Mia's price would go from 16,000 to what, 13,000, 12,000? It, it will be, if the car were sold today in France, for instance, the price would be 8,000 euros, which is uh, perhaps a little bit more than my e-bike uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm currently using. And, 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 for, uh, uh, and for this price, you have a real car, but I will, uh, I will tell you uh, the different um, um, benefits of this car. And uh, of course, nothing to be compared with, a, with an e-bike. Yeah, and we're going to look at the benefits later on even more. But the range, let's continue with the worries in order to really establish and, and be very, very straight Correct. about what you know you were trying to tackle as well in terms of consumer demand or criticism uh, or question marks or even kind of resistance to buy. And that is the range. I mean, if I look at the range here between 113, um, I think the best one I could find, apart from Tesla, let's let's uh, in, in the small EV sector, was Peugeot E208. Quite steep, also when it uh, comes to the price, about 35,000 on average. But the range is 337 kilometers. Can you compare that to the Mia 2.0, which has 200 kilometers of range, or is it already not an A segment comparable? No, it's not. It's not exactly the same segment. The car is bigger, but we um, in this in in this segment with 16,000 euro. Um, uh, today we we don't have any competition, um, and we have to explain why is this because currently. Um, the um, traditional manufacturers, they are just um, uh, escaping from the, the small segment uh, because um, um, it's um, uh, more and more difficult for them uh, to um, comply uh, with the regulation of, with traditional cars. So they are not uh, proposing any traditional cars anymore in this segment. And concerning the competition we have, from electric cars. Um, so our current competitors are starting to electrify the fleet, but starting from the top. Means they are transforming currently uh, traditional cars into electric cars. But they are not building real electric cars from the beginning. So uh, our car is sold from the beginning as an electric car. But today, in the A segment, uh, you don't find any a real electric car. But of course, the competition will come in our segment and Renault is already, uh, the Renault 5 electric will come, but the platform is only expected for 25. And that's the reason why we are talking from a window of opportunity because traditional cars in our segment are, are not present anymore and the small electric cars will come later. Yeah, so it is a market timing for you to really take the opportunity right now and launch right. Mia 2 in order to be successful. Because, of course, one, one thing is to have Fox Mobility, you know, as your car brand. And the other one is to have a VW, which is an established brand, or, you know, cars in that segment coming from Ford or from Volvo. So until they kind of work their way down, if I, I read you rightly, to the small car segment, you know, you think that you will be way ahead. With yes, them. and 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 so and and especially because uh, this um, the, the Mia is born ten years ago in France, and 150 million euro were already invested. We can bring the car uh, quicker 
back to the street and to the market. And that's um, the, the, the clear competitive advantage in front of our competitors. Uh, because of this history, um, because of this background, um, half of the time for half of the money. And that's the reason why we uh, create this window of opportunity mm. for Foxy Mobility. Mm. Philippe, I'm, I'm a woman. And I think in general, what was always the horror show of any woman driving a car is that we break down <laughs> and we are stranded in the night by ourselves. So horror scenario. Yeah. For me, thinking that I have a certain autonomy is certainly something that I go like, Ooh, okay, Ooh. it might get me a little bit uh, worried. But nevertheless, I think the security of recharging when I need to recharge, and I'm not talking about meditation, I'm talking mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, the, electric, uh, the electricity available uh, in a certain time frame um, at as many possibilities as, as, as I can. I mean, again, in Germany, I think they have about 40,000 stations, we're talking infrastructure here, to Correct. recharge in electric vehicles. The target yeah. by Madame Merkel is, uh, I think, a million by uh, 2030. A lot. But for now, I find it, it sounds rather little for such a big country as Germany. So how did you, how did you work around? How did you hack around this concern? So first of all, we, we have a, a car which is very light. Uh, so the, car, uh, the, the weight of the car is only, only 900 kilos. Means that uh, in order even to have fun to drive and to have a nippy car, uh, which is going to be very agile in the city, we don't need a huge battery. And our battery will be 25 kilowatt hour. Means that even with a, um, a very fun to drive car and with a small battery, um, it will be very easy to recharge because it's a small battery. And uh, in your, uh, if you are home, uh, you can fully recharge uh, during the night. So you need eight, between eight and 10 hours to recharge if you are uh, um, if, if your car is, um, is home. And if you are outside on a professional recharging station, it will be between 20 and 30 minutes. 20 and 30 minutes is good. And is it a good idea? I mean, I don't drive an EV. Is it a good idea to kind of recharge even before the, the battery is to down to one third? I mean, I always do it with my, with my mobile phone. I'm like, oh my God, I've, I've only got 75% left. Tuck. No, it's, it's, it's better <laughs> if you want the battery to be so good for 20 years, uh, not to fully decharge or, and recharge fully. So it's better to recharge when your battery is uh, only 20 percent uh, uh, full. Yes, only 25. Okay, so let it let it draw down a little draw bit. Draw down to 20 percent and then recharge fully. Yeah, so this is why Apple has me and has me with it, every new model because my battery really starts um, getting a little bit iffy after a short while. Back to your car and the segment because it seems it's not only a segment, but it's also very specific and niche play that you're trying to launch. And that is the urban area, the city area. Tell us about that strategy. Yeah, so first of all, so we are offering two cars in one. So because this car, the Mia 2, is a personal car, which is a three-seater or four-seater, which is going to be great for the family. But if you take the back seat out, the car is a perfect fit as a commercial vehicle for the last mile delivery or for craftsmen. And it means with one car, we are going to address two markets. So one market 
B2C as a personal car and the other market B2B for the last mile delivery. That's our strategy. And um, in order to show our viewers what we actually mean, what you tried to describe, let's go back to, to the screenshot. Here is the Mia. It took us through, through it the way you, know, you, you designed it. You were just talking about B2B and B2C. Yeah, so you, you can see it from the pictures. So we, are, we have a small car. So this is 3 meter 19, I already said it. And, uh, but we have a very big inside. And why do we have a very big inside? Because we decided uh, to take one uh, seat out from the car in front. And in the, um, uh, you have a central driving position. Means in the front seat, you have only one seat. But uh, this allows plenty of space for the one sitting behind on the back seats. Um, and um, um, uh, we have sliding doors. Uh, sorry, but, uh, we, uh, we have sliding doors, which means that you can park in very narrow spaces and you can exit from the car on the left or on the right. And um, uh, so you see it depending if you have the, the, the seats behind or not. So if you have the seats behind, you have a small passenger car and that's a perfect fit for three or four passengers. And if you take the back seats out, then the car becomes a small van, uh, which is a perfect fit for the last mile delivery. And in this version, as a commercial vehicle, we offer up to 1,500 liters of um, uh, ladding capacity, which is just huge. Um, uh, just to compare, uh, this is uh, what a Volvo X60 is proposing, which is a C or D segment uh, as a volume of space uh, in the back. And you have it as an A segment. And here in the middle, I'm quite quite interested. And then I would like to talk about your actual target audience, especially when it comes to the B2C sector as well. Um, is This seems, you know, sturdy to me because I know you're working a lot with, with plastic in order to keep the, the weight as light as possible. 950 kilos, you just said. So security is an issue. If, if I look at the, the front here, if I should have a... Uh, you know, an accident. There's not a lot of space between the next car and my my legs. And my legs. Yeah. Exactly. Correct. So and that's the reason why we want it because, and here we have the, uh, the track record of the Mia 1 uh, because um, uh, 1,600 Mia 1 were produced in France. Uh, 1,200 are still uh, driving around. So we have a very good track record from this car. And the structure of the car didn't change because we are organizing a facelift of this car. Uh, we are, uh, of course, um, the design will be much better. We are going to integrate new batteries, so new uh, um, software system inside the car. But the frame of the car uh, didn't change. And we have, as you can see on the picture, we have a steel um, uh, space frame. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm sure a lot of your auditors are familiar with the Formula One. And this is exactly the same system. You have a, a security package here, means that the passenger inside this steel space frame is very secured, even with uh, very bad accidents. Yeah, and uh, it reminds me, especially in the front, when you drive a convertible, you have it actually in where, where your uh, screen is. 
right? Yeah, and inside this space, this space frame, you are very secured. And uh, on this space frame, we take our plastic uh, parts and you can choose and organize which color you want. But inside the space frame, you are very secure. Hmm. Now, this is it. This is the difference between Mia 1.0 and 2.0. So from, you know... From the from the outside design, there is a little bit of a facelift. I have to say, this one looks a little bit more uh, jazzy than the first one. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the. Uh, I'm going to get out of the sh of the share screen now. There we go. What is your typical target audience? Let's start with. B2C, Philippe. So in the B2C segment, and that's also something we learned from the MIA one, um, we had all kinds of customers in the B2C segment. Um, uh, so young people, uh, single or a couple, um, of course, people living in city center because this car has only Uh, a range of 200 kilometers, so you cannot drive it when you when you want to travel uh, to Spain, of course, uh, for your holidays. But uh, if you want to uh, to go shopping, to uh, get the kids from the school, or uh, or uh, stay inside the, inside the city, so 200 kilometers a day is more than enough. So to answer your question, um, so um, um, a lot of young people, that's clear, couples. Um, um, it's also a second car. For a family, uh, so it means you have a let's say a big car, a big SUV, uh, um, and if you want to go in the city center, you take the small electric car, and uh, and with a three or four seaters. So means we are targeting all kind of different clientele. So people who are going to be very careful how much money they spend for the car, because with 16,000 euro, we are going to get some uh, some mass. A clients uh, because we are not an exclusive car like um, uh, Tesla uh, with uh, uh, 45 or 50,000 euros. It will be a car for 16,000 euros. And of course, with this price, you can reach a much wider clientele on the yeah. B2C segment. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you said uh, it is basically like a second car, especially if you play it as a family and you have your main car and then you have your quick whiz around to go shopping or drop the kids off. But it is an additional cost. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it does offer so much more than a scooter. And I, I think a lot of young people will have it for as a first car also, Patricia. So you are a young couple or you are alone and uh, young and uh, you are living in the city center. Uh, and I think it's much better than a, than an e-bike. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what is what is the fun factor there? I mean, if you talk about young people, they want to. I think in the shared economy, the young people, this generation, they are not so blitzy and glitzy like we might have been. It needed to be that kind of car to be, especially at the beginning when you were still hung up on your image with regards to whatever you were driving. Um, do you think that is less important that they're going to have an EV rather than a nice little? You know, uh, I, I think the, the status, the car is not always a status anymore. So yeah, you, you don't want to show to the neighbor you have a, a bigger car or a very expensive car. I think you want you want to have an affordable an affordable car, but the car needs to be very safe, uh, uh, needs to be uh, nippy and fun to drive. This needs to be a connected car. This is very important. You can integrate your own device, Android or I Apple, in your car. You you must have the possibility to personalize your car, uh, decorating with uh, colored foils, uh, 
Um, so these are what we are hearing from our clients. And of course, they want to have a sustainable vehicle, a light, uh, um, uh, recyclable, uh, using existing resources. Uh, we are not using any painting line. So I, um, I think these are items um, um, uh, clients will um, um, uh, pay a, a lot of attention to. I think you're so spot on. I think also that the values have shifted, that it's cooler to have a car out there that is 95% recyclable and is actually doing something good while still giving you the freedom and the transportation you need. That's cooler than to have what sort of big brand out there. And it really is uh, everything but you know, everything but good for the environment. Yes, uh, I do. I do totally agree. And when it comes to the connectivity, before going into the B2B target market, mm -hmm. the connectivity, I get more and more the impression that we don't have cars anymore that happen to have a little bit of electronics inside. But I feel that we have, we are driving computers with wheels. Uh, computer with wheels. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, what, uh, what Tesla uh, bring, um, uh, brought to the market, huh? Yeah, and that's um, that's it. So basically, we have to have a plug-and-play situation in the car as well. And that wraps up the first part of my conversation with Philippe Perret. He's the CEO of Fox E-Mobility about electric vehicles. What is the market going to bring? What are the opportunities? What are the challenges? And if you do like the conversations I hold here with my guests on Mentory TV, why don't you join the community? Subscribe for free to the channel. Hit the bell button so I can always ping you when we have the latest releases out. Plus, thank you so much for sharing, potentially liking, and also leaving a comment in the comment section below. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.